بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين أما بعد فقد قال الله سبحانه وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم ومن يطع الله ورسوله ويخشى الله ويتقي فاولئك هم الفائزون صدق الله العظيم وقال الرسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الناس معادن كمعادن الذهب والفضه او كما قال عليه الصلاه والسلام السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته indeed it is most refreshing to see each and every one after a very very spiritually uplifting month by the fadl of allah mercy of allah we had experienced the month of ramadan in the condition of amnu aman the definition of amnu aman is that we had experienced this month in peace and tranquility in harmonious coexistence where we could worship our allah with no worries from any direction but that the worry that the amal must get accepted but this cannot be said about every group of muslims across the globe there are certain portions of the world who seri and iftar was disturbed to the limit that we cannot imagine whose family structure has been broken to the limit that we cannot imagine their lives have been made topsy turvy to the limit that we cannot imagine now we belong to the religion of islam and the dinul islam shows us that the reaction and the response to every situation by the fadl of allah subhanahu wa taala we are not left to our own understanding and our own thoughts on any occasion whether it is a happy occasion whether it is a sad occasion whether it is a joyous occasion or an occasion of grief you will find that the sharia gives guidelines on what to do how to do how to express the joy how to express the sadness child is born there's something called aqiqa but there's not there's no such a thing as a baby shower man is getting married there's something called walima but there's no such thing called stag night you get my point likewise somebody passes away there is something as mourning there is something as crying but wailing and questioning allah subhanahu wa taala or mimicking the people of yesteryear and tearing upon the cheeks and beating upon the face you say now you cannot do this so the deen of islam gives us a direction in every situation how to carry ourselves out 
So from the beginning of our life, right till the very end, from birth to death, what to do, how to do, when to do, with who to do what, every situation has been explained to us, one way or another we'll get the answer. So in such a detrimental situation, where there is mass carnage, hostilities upon Muslims, first of all, the mu'min is called jasadil wahid, we are like one body. So the very first thing is that when any portion of the ummah is hurt, whether they are from the north, south, east or west, whether they belong to the Arabic language, they are known as Arab or Ajam, non-Arabic speaking. But the fact that they read the kalima, La ilaha illallah, we feel the pain. In fact, a Muslim is such that he feels the pain for all humanity. Even if an animal is going through pain, he shows mercy for that. Because we belong to the ummat of Rahmatulil Alameen sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So when such atrocities are let drive upon the ummat of Janabe Pak Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and I don't bat an eyelid, or no frown comes upon my forehead, or in my curriculum of life, I don't pause and think what is happening, then it calls for question that what is the condition of my heart? Is my heart just physically alive, but spiritually dead? Is my heart just existing biologically, but so to say, immunologically it is dead? In the example of one of the great orators of this time, Hazamullah Ahmad Saab Dhamad Barakatum, he gives the example that when a person goes for a test for paralysis, or when they go to test their nerves, then there are many, many ways to test this. But when very simple test, he said, you'll find the doctor will take a pin, and now he will start from the wrist, and say, ah, doctor is paining. Say, no, still you got some life here. Then he will come by the palm, ah, it's still paining. Say, no, no, don't worry, the palm is still alright. And then he will come by these couples, he will come by these uh, joints of our fingers and say, ah, it is still paining. But there comes a point where he's poking and there's no response from the patient. And he says, look, i got some news for you. These ends of your fingers, these points, they can't feel anymore. I've been poking for the past one minute and you're not responding. Now we have to go and inspect at how these nerves died. Your diabetes is now in a very advanced stage or your nerves have now died and we have to do some resuscitation. So when the ummah is being poked, whichever direction, and that ah still exists in me, then understand my heart is still beating in the right direction. But if I become so numb and dumb and glum to the whole situation, that no more it bothers me, and I don't feel anything, one more bomb, 
one more grenade, one more orphan, one more widow, one more janaza, so what? My life in Durban and South Africa must carry on, man. As long as I got my breakfast, lunch and supper, my car, my house, my wife, my family, this unfortunately is a cow mentality. In the language of Urdu, they say this is called Gai Pani, Gai Pani. What is the meaning of Gai Pani? If you look at a meadow where there are cows, and all the cows are grazing together, if because of uneven ground, one of the cattle, one of the cows has to trip and break its leg, it will fall down. That cow can bellow and move from dawn to dusk, as they say, till the cows come home. <laughs> it fits in very well, that, that expression. But never will you find one cow coming with a tuft of grass to give it one bite also. It can rot in hell, but it won't even come to help it. When the ummah reaches this stage, my dear friends, then now we are reaching a very dangerous stage. So the first lesson out of this is that yes, we may not be able to travel to pass our hands over those orphans' head. We may not be able to take our wives to comfort those widows. We may not be able to nurse those people that have been hurt. But whilst we are seated here, what is the condition of my heart? Has it been bruised by what is happening around the globe? Do I feel the pain of what is happening around the globe? Do I feel that, O oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, make it easy for the ummah? If I'm feeling the pain, then understand my heart is on the right way. I'm on the highway, it's, it's on the correct track. But if I haven't battered an eyelid, it hasn't caused me to lift up my hand, it hasn't caused me, caused me to nod my head. It is not too late, my dear friends. Probably I'm not abreast of what is happening. But it requires us to be having some hamdard for what is happening across the globe. So this is one particular portion of my talk. The other aspect, when situations like this develop, then the ulama kiram, they place a rain upon us of guidance that no doubt every person should feel something in their heart but we should not become erratic at any time. At any time a Muslim should always be well calculated in what he is doing. Al-anatu min Allah wal-ujlatu min shaitan Calculated moves are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and hasty moves are from shaitan. So nobody should do something that is way off the tangent in the name of protecting the deen and this only sinks the ship even further. So whatever a person wants to do to help the deen should be done under the auspices of some senior person who has seen life. Some senior group that understands the outcome of something. No person should become the eager beaver and say that I'm going to take the matter into my own hands to save the current condition. And this is what comes in my hand. I've read a translation of the Qur'an. 
I know some hadith, or I've seen a certain group of people behave in a certain way. So this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to liberate the Islam. So erratic behavior is also not welcome at this particular juncture, because we work with the bigger picture following our seniors. You see, Nabi Ali Salatu Wasalam, at every juncture, whatever would develop, he would give the Sahaba guidelines. So a situation has developed and people are asking what to do, how to do, how must I react, how far do I go in what I must respond with. Remember, one is a reaction and one is a response to a situation. When a person just reacts, it's based upon something that is emotional and based upon something that is hasty. But response, it is based upon something that is well thought and far-sightedness as we read in the kitabs is best wisdom. So on with the matter at hand. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed us with Haramain Sharifain, that is the Masjid al-Haram, Makkah Sharif, Medina Sharif. May Allah Jalla Jalaluhu open these blessed places for us to frequent once again without any vaccination, without any accreditation, but that with the Ameen of your inclination. Say Ameen, my dear brothers. You never know which person's Ameen may strike the Arsh now and the hearts of the person just changes like this. And next month, this time, you all can be in front of the Kaaba. Instead of listening to my talk, you can be there in the Mataf listening to the Imam Al-Haram. Is it impossible for Allah? Is your Hajj impossible, my dear brothers? Allah is a doer. So these two Haramain Sharifain, I'm just going to go quickly through this because it's half an hour and the clock is ticking, will always be protected by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The third Haram, Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa, is one Haram that is known as the gauge of the Ummah. Everything has a gauge, pressure has a barometer, temperature has a thermometer, kind of my own terminology, we need an imanometer, an amalometer. These are words that you won't find in any dictionary. This is personalized to me, is a PTY limited. Right? No one else will have this word in the whole world. But it's for our understanding. Imanometer and amalometer. In other words, what is the state of the iman and amal of the ummah? How will you know what is it? The ulama kiram explain that al-aqsa and masjid al-aqsa is the gauge of the ummah. In simple terms, whenever it is in the hands of the believers, then the amals and the iman is on the correct level. And when it comes out of the hands, it's time for us to reflect and come back onto amals and iman. Dear respected friends and brothers, our elders explain to us, that one is the system that we see on the earth and one is the system we see in the heaven. Now we do not tie up these two, but these two are very closely related. Just one example I'll give. When the people of the earth hold back their zakat, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala holds back the rain. Now they're holding back the zakat on the earth, 
But Allah Ta'ala holds back the barakat from the heaven. See how it's related. So just like that, when the people of this earth will do things, when the believers will go far off the track, and they will lose the plot, and make other people's jannat who belong to the earth, in the earth, jannat is theirs, you know, and make their jannat on this earth, then you will find that such things as what we are seeing now will happen. You see, for no minute must we think it is the fault of those people, they, they must come right. The great luminary that passed away, alayhim rahmah Haji Abdul Wahab Saab, Nawar Allah Umar Rahmatan Wasiya, he says, that look, jab pair pisalta hai, to sar ko chot lagta hai. That when the feet will slip, then the head will get hurt. Now all of us, during our days, childhood or adulthood, sometime along we fell down, right? We fell down, we slipped with our feet, but very seldom you'll find that the foot got hurt. Most of the time the hand breaks, the head gets hurt, the neck gets sprained, but what slipped and what got hurt is two different things. When the ummat will slip, then these places that are the heads of the ummat, they will take the knocks. As far as I have heard, those people that are taking these knocks, and are taking these hurts, and are taking these pains, they got very strong iman. You know, just yesterday I, I just got cut. Till today I'm feeling the pain. I can't imagine what those people are feeling. I got cut on my own, and I'm feeling the pain. Imagine a grazed bullet from a clashing cough. What must be it? What iman that those children must be got to still say la ilaha illallah in the face of people who are to tell you that leave Islam. Imagine mothers giving birth to children and they're telling them you are born for the sake of Islam. You will die on Islam. Their iman is strong. Yes. As Maulana Yunus Patel sahab rahmatullah alayhi rahmatan wasi used to say, sometimes you see a wali of Allah. He's a total wali on the inside. The only thing left for him is to put on the garb on the outside. So sometimes when, when a person will meet them, they might not have the imama and the kurta. You see them in western dressing. Probably they haven't been totally exposed to what they're supposed to be wearing. But the inside, subhanallah, is made. You just have to put them into the complete sunnah beard. And you just have to direct them a little bit. And you'll be surprised where and where they will reach. But the ummah at large, what we are doing, what I am doing, today is not about what you're doing, brothers. I'm not here, this bayan is not, you must come right. You must do this, and I'm holier than thou. No, today is about what I must do. I'm here to talk about me, what I must change. In my leisure, pleasure and treasure, and in my measure. I'm rhyming it so when we leave from here, we have some message. In my leisure, in my life, in my pleasure, when I'm having some light moments, going out to the family, what I'm doing? In my treasure, meaning my business, 
in my measure, in my long-rooted plans. How am I carrying on? What deals am I doing? Am I involved in interest? What is the condition of dressing of our brothers and sisters in this place of Durban? Have we taken cognizance of this? These are the things that affect. These are the things that have an effect holistically along with other places of the globe. And then we find that this is a result. See brothers, our ulama kiram, we must always take out our hat for them by way of expression, not literally, figuratively. Because now we're encouraging people to wear topi. Just I say, Moelias, just I say, take out the hat. You find a whole of Hilal with no hat. Wear your hat. The culture of wearing no hat is becoming common. Wear the hat. It's important. Mona Yusuf Sahib Rahmatullah Ali is a great alim. Passed away in the 60s. Son of Moelias Sahib Rahmatullah Ali. Known as Amir Athani of Tabligh Jamaat. Our Haji Bhaipaja Ramatullah met him. Now there's no time for me to go into his accolade of praises, but to give you an understanding. One is he was a great Dai. He was a great Faqih also. He was a Muaddis also. And Allah Ta'ala blessed him with Basirat, that is farsightedness. When our Haji Bhaipaja Ramatullah went to tell him that now I'm going back to South Africa, listen. Then he told him, Hazrat, Hazrat Ji, this Hajibai talking to him, Meriliya dua karo, make dua for me. So he told Hajibai, make dua for me. So Hajibai thought, this is our elder. Obviously he's being humble. Hajibai said, Hazrat Ji, make dua for me. So Hazrat Ji Ramatullah Ali told him, Bhai, make dua for me. So the third time Haji Bhai Padja Ramatullah said, Hazrat Ji, I don't know the exact words, but I would imagine, Ajizana Darkha Seke, Aap Merili Dua Karo. Say, then, in such a way, he told him, Aap Merili Dua Karo. You make Dua for me, I'm telling you. He knew what he was saying. Are we not the products of Haji Bhai Padja Ramatullah one way or another? What he was trying to say that you are a dua machine. When you will cry, Allah will make South America and South Africa wake up and many parts of the world. So this is the Mullah Yusuf Ramatullah we're talking about. Sahib Hayatul Sahaba, the kitab that we read on Friday night after Isha. Hayatul Sahaba. All must come for the kitab tonight. Say inshallah. This man here is being approached now. Mullah Yusuf Ramatullah son. And... The brothers around the third holy haram are con- contacting him, saying, Hazrat, we're having a problem, you know. People who got the peril of Islam, they have taken over this masjid. Can you make dua? You are from the blessed souls of Allah. So that Allah Ta'ala takes them out from our land. Ulama say that the dua he gave them is something that we have to reflect upon. Big people's words are great, you know. 
The dua that he made left the people gobsmacked, astounded. Instead of saying, Allahumma akhrijil yahud wa nasara min biladil muslimin. O oh Allah, remove the Christians and the Jews from the land of the Muslims. He says, Allahumma akhrijil yahudiyah wa nasraniyah min qulubil muslimin. Mul Yusuf his words. O oh Allah, I'm putting it in a simple way. Remove the love that the Muslims have for these two groups of people from the hearts of Muslims. Remove it. The love that they have for Christian ways and for Jews ways. Remove it from their heart. Because my dear friends, when the English left Britain, when they left India, then one, one, of, one of those, you know, they say, Lord this and Lord that. We don't like to use those words, but one of those governors said, there's no problem we're going back to England. We have already made an English Indian. We may not be here, but he's already thinking like us. So this aspect of having our ducks in a row is very important. No person in his sane mind will take his vehicle and just put any part into it. In the same way, my dear friends, it's time now we become fussy and finicky about our deen also. To adopt our ways of Huzur Pak sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, to help the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah ta'ala tells us, in tansurullah yansurukum, wa yusabbit akadamakum. If you help the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah ta'ala will help us. If we help, then we'll be helped. We say, no Allah, you help, then we'll help. <laughs> Doesn't work like that, my dear brothers. Allah has got a system. Everything got a system. You know, just light-heartedly, I'll tell you. One person came by an alim. Say, Mawlana, make dua, get a son, man. Mawlana said, Allah, give you a son. One year later, he said, Mawlana, make dua, get some child at least. Mawlana gave him a taweez. Then Mawlana was going for Hajj one year later. He said, make dua by Arafat, Mina, Muzdalifa. Allah, give me a son. Some years later, the Mawlana said, you got a son? He said, no, I've got no children. Mawlana said, why don't you take the wife for a checkup? He said, I'm not even married, man. Mawlana said, by what are you talking, by? All this dua, taweez, Mina, Arafat, Muzdalifa, but you're not even married and you want a son. What son you want? There's a system, by get married, maybe you'll even get the, uh, two sons. But without marriage, you want a son? So this ummah is laughing at that man that wants a son without getting married, but we want to liberate a masjid without following a system. We're laughing at this man, but I am that man that wants to follow another system, but hoping for this system to come. Dear brothers, when we open the tafsir kitabs and we open the kitabs of our elders, we'll come to know that this is not the first time this is happening to this holy masjid. This has happened many, many times. And it will continue to happen. It will continue to happen until I change. When one of the imams of Masjid al-Aqsa heard this from one of our scholars, who is in Durban, he said, how do you derive this? Then the scholar showed him the ayat and he showed him the tafsir. Or he explained to him which tafsir it comes from. 
He said, who's the author of this tafsir? Or who is the one that wrote this tafsir? He said, that, oh, the, the one is, uh, who wrote this tafsir is Hazrat Tanvi Rahmatullahi. What is his tafsir? Bayanul Quran. See, that is the problem. You Indian ulama got all your tafsir in Urdu. Why don't you print it in Arabic? We can also learn. My dear friends, by all means, send aid for the people there. By all means, help the orphans. By all means, help the widows. By all means, whatever needs to be done through the law, whatever needs to be done. But in no way contravene Sharia in trying to sort out something where we have to lose our respect Islamically and our sisters' respect and say that this is what came in my mind. Remember, intelligence must be dominant over emotion. But always shariat must dominate intelligence. A person might think I'm very intelligent. I'll make four rakats of farz for fajr. I'll please Allah. I'll fast on each day. I'll please Allah. You're not going to please Allah. Your intelligence has failed you, my brother. Use shariat to think what is what. So whatever comes in the mind of people to sort out this problem, my humble appeal... Don't be too intelligent. Bring our plans and ideas to the ulama kiram. Let them pass it in the light of shariat. Then we'll see barakah. My time is up and I don't like to keep people behind. You've got a program. At this juncture, I ask Allah Ta'ala to relieve those people, our beloved respected brothers and sisters of the ummah, our beloved children of this ummah, and wherever they are suffering, Allah save us as well. Give us afiyat. And at the same time, these people that are inflicting the atrocities, they only mechanisms from Allah. They belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like a group of chained things. They've just been unleashed. Allah can change their heart and tomorrow they can aid us as well. Allah change their heart and give them hidayat also. وآخر دعوانهم لرب العالمين